Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Listen to These Nerds. Tonight we're going to be playing Mythos Unit. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm going to be the Game Master. And starting on my left and going clockwise, we have... Uh, this is Harry, and I'll be playing the character of Franklin Blackmore. Hey, it's Joey. Uh, I'm playing Quincy Adams again. Hey, it's John. I'm going to be playing Chip Adams. My name is Megan, and I'm playing Jack Houston. Regrets, Yvette is not here today. Mm-hmm. Rip she, Yvette in peace. <laughs> we, we know that she's the fan favorite. Oh, what? yes. Who? So if you want to turn off the recording now, you're welcome to, and just yeah, skip our, ahead to yeah, the next one fan Who is her boyfriend? Go check out the... <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go and, check out the Wild West recording. She's in that one. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, Kieran. <laughs> if I send him <laughs> enough flowers, Kieran. maybe I'll be his favorite. <laughs> so, uh, do you guys remember where we last left off? Uh, we were dealing with the stuff from the warehouse raid. We went through the, like, committee, and then that more or less ended after Blackmore realized, hey, it's been 48 hours since I've been on painkillers. I can drink again. Uh-huh. I, uh, I have, a, I have hosting a child now. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, I name-dropped Jimmy Seville in reference to that. Right. Nice. So, you're currently hosting the myth, um... I believe his name is John Candon, but yeah, it's little to nothing is known about him, and you're basically house-sitting him until either a new place can be found or something else comes up. Yeah, because his parents are shit. Yeah, Harry Potter situation. So, oh, yeah, the foster parents. Uh-huh. And in addition to that, you guys met with the committee, and they gave you a little more funding, which you allocated to a few different things, including your own driver for the vehicle, <laughs> a guy named Irvine, who served in the Special Forces as well as a specially designed ball to be used to contain myths. More oh, yeah. powerful ones. And we have a van shotgun. Just one, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it attached to the van? Yeah, is it mounted? <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking James Bond style. I was thinking just on the top. Like, you can crawl on the roof and there it is. Fucking gun replacement. But it's a shotgun. <laughs> That's a really bad idea. Oh, yeah. Just tears up the fucking hood every it's time. It's really inaccurate. It's a lot of civilian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They really shouldn't have given us an automatic shotgun. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, we don't need it, but it would be a shame not to use it. <laughs> and in addition, you guys also received upgraded armor as well. Oh, yes. Uh, how much was that again? Four light armor and three for the head. Cool. Uh-huh. So wait, we got, we got offered funding and we didn't just give it to ourselves? God, no. Guys, we're already better than the Senate. <laughs> hey! hey. Oh. Oh, topical! Take that, all the senators who are listeners! (laughs) And finally, you were also given a choice of a couple different myths, and you guys picked two of them. One of them was a foo dog, which is essentially a Chinese-Japanese Eastern mythology guardian spirit, as well as a myrmidon, basically a... From Greek mythology, it's essentially a tiny ant that has all the strength and skill of a, a legendary soldier. We call him Paul Rudd. Actually, his name is Kai. Ooh, that was... I have to try. That was... Alright, so anyway, moving on. Uh-huh. Better than your chest. Which isn't very flat. Jesus. Yeah. Megan's very fixated on Harry's nipples. Uh-huh. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Only because they're very fixated on me. <laughs> uh, the joys of being able to edit recordings. So! That's not getting out of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, what are you talking about? John loves these bits. <laughs> Alright, so... Loves them. Alright, so, um, that's where we last left off, and you guys were essentially hopping in the van because 
Um, yeah, a meeting had been called, essentially, in Mythtown. Basically, as you guys were hopped in the van, essentially, you guys drove around to the front of Scotland Yard, where uh, James Hightower came around and hopped in the van with you guys. And Bye, buddies. Mm. So, as for today, essentially, there's a, a small council of myths that exist in Mythtown, as it's called. And essentially, after hearing about some of the cases in which you perform, they want to meet you for themselves. We've been invited to a council? Well, not necessarily as members of the council, but they want to meet you. Ah. See what you're all about. Uh, two hearings in one... Two hearings in less than 24 hours. We're on a roll. Mm-hmm. Now, they do have... Essentially, the politics of Mythtown is that we've granted them, essentially, the space for them to live in, uh, residences, businesses, all sorts of things like that. And in addition, we've also given them essentially control over their own laws and such, because Mythtown is a very different place than Earth. They're not very accustomed to it. But they have established a council, and it does seem very basic and very... Well, it serves its purposes for the most part. So, you'll be meeting them today, and they'll be talking to you a, bit, a little bit just to suss you up and see what you're all about in that. Who's on this council? A few different members. I've only met them a few times before. There's... I have a list of names here. Uh, altogether, there are five members, each of them serving a different purpose. However, one of them is actually represented by... Uh, well, I suppose you'll see for yourselves once we get there. You know how we don't like surprises, Hightower. All right, all right, all right. Except surprise parties. So I love a surprise party. So they have one member as a mediator. He's My a birthday's in February. Jack, do you mind? The most important member is Exatrius, an avatar of balance. His purpose is to serve as the mediator. Essentially, whenever things come to a dispute, he's the one who maintains order and gets things back on track. And he he presents neutral viewpoints and essentially has the fair head in it. There's Hespero, a centaur. He's the captain of the Watch. His job is to basically uh, recruit the Watch for... Uh, myth town. They go around, they this the like city. community watch. Are we talking like medieval police force? Um, in a sense, yes. They keep the peace. I thought that was our job. Well, yes, it is. Wait, wait a minute! <laughs> but the difference is that they're not you. They don't have your abilities or your talents. The fact is, myths are a bit different from humans, and it requires a human perspective to survive in this sort of world. At least... In our society, anyway, which myths are not accustomed to. Next, we have Iris. She is a dryad, the keeper of the grove. She's essentially in charge of making sure that the balance of nature stays intact in and around London. Side, sideline. What's the name of the dryad that was real hot? Spring Meadow. Thanks. Yeah. My notes are gone. Gotta get them teats. It's all good. And, alright. She's a little uh, opposed towards humans, but for the most part, she had... Uh, they have Hespero and Exatrius to keep her in check. Next there's, well, he's a bit of a wild card. His name is Shinji. He's a kitsune, a nine-tailed demon. Or a nine-tailed fox, I should say. The idea behind him is that he's a Japanese spirit that's been go that has been traveling all over the world and is currently settled up residence here. He's a master in regards to magic and illusions and stuff such like that. But he's a bit of a loose cannon. That is, he's very... Uh, self-centered, you might say. He only acts when he feels like it. Mm. So he's a bit of a wild card. And finally, we have, essentially, 
an alliance of dwarves that serve as the fifth member. They agree on things and they present their findings to, uh, in the form of the elder, who essentially voices all of their collective opinions. Are there seven of them? <laughs> um, no, it's dwarf legion. It's a ball of dwarfs. <laughs> Do- no, that's I- how gnomes operate. Before before you say anything, yes, there are. The number seven is actually a very important numerical concept in dwarven law. There are always seven of everything in that for them. So that the myth of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs probably comes from that original stereotype. Or that original fact, I should say. Are they labeled by their attitude? No. And before I was so interested in meeting Happy. Was mm. it Happy? I do not remember. I think his name was it Dopey. Oh. There they were There are seven of them, so you can both be correct. <laughs> There's no There is I would ask that you refrain from any pop culture references because they've heard enough reference towards Doc, Grumpy, Happy, Sneezy, Dopey, uh, Bashful, and Sneezy. Oh, you said Sneezy twice, sir. Isn't Doc one of them? He said Doc. I think he said Doc. Yeah, he said Doc. I said Sneezy twice. Yes. Doc, Grumpy, Happy, (laughs) Sneezy, Sleepy, Dopey, and Bashful. There you go. Bashful. Wasn't that six? (laughs) It's <laughs> <laughs> not important. It's not important, sir. They were still very impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now we found out what Hightower's favorite video is. <laughs> this never leaves the van. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, ma- I make a lips are sealed motion. <laughs> we'll be there soon enough. So, if you have any other questions, I suggest you ask them now. I check to make sure that my the suit that I'm wearing is at least decent enough to be presentable. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, is this still the same day? We, how long has this day been? What, I think what it, day is it? I think it was the day after we had the hearing. So. Day after, yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's fresh day. Yeah. Okay, so... Would we have known that this was coming in advance, or has this sort of, like, been dropped on us? It's kind of impromptu. It's something that, essentially, the council called a meeting this day, and as myths are not really well known for, like, setting stuff up well in advance. They're, they can be a little impulsive sometimes. Mm. Blackmore reaches into his pocket and pulls out a thing of gum. Pops a couple in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Sort of motions if anybody else wants some. Yeah, Chip will take one. All right. Take two. Whoa! <laughs> Put them both in my mouth to start chewing. Uh-huh. Uh, Jane Hightower politely refuses. I start blowing bubbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bubble blowing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as the drive continues, it takes about half an hour before you guys eventually reach Myth Town. You immediately notice it by the enormous stone walls that have been set up, as well as the collections of graffiti here and there that have been sprayed up. It's essentially myth-related graffiti that no doubt vandals and maybe a few, you know, protesters and racists have put up there. Mm. But eventually you get to the front gate, where you guys see a pair of centaurs are standing guard with a pair of spears in hand. Once you drive up to the front, at this point Irvine kills the engine, and uh, Hightower opens the door. Right, from here on out, no vehicles are allowed within the uh, the boundaries of Midtown. Hmm. Yep. In the self-sufficient community they have there. I, I slip my sandals on over my socks. Under my... Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Under my socks! I was about to say under, I was like, nope, that's the opposite. Weird. <laughs> I'm an old man. Ooh, I like to be comfortable. That's the next level. We, we haven't said it, but Joey, being an old man, has forgotten to wear pants today. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm wearing, I'm wearing cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alright, Blackboard he, straightens himself I'm an old out. Man. I like having big pockets. Like, you know, fixes anything, like, you know, fixes himself up in a little mirror of a van. How old? Uh, I already look super cool. I have a leather jacket. <laughs> I mean, how else am I going to hold all these hard candies I have? <laughs> <laughs> these hard candies and creamers that I keep pulling out of my pocket. these originals. <laughs> oh, man. When you're distracted, I just, like, reach into one of those cargo shorts. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So. Twitter's time. Mm-hmm. So you head through the front gate, and the only one of you that's been into Mythtown before is Jack Houston, but for everybody else who's going in here for your first time, it is essentially a sight to behold, in that is a humongous collection of buildings of every shape and size and period of architecture imaginable, whether it's ancient uh, Chinese villas or uh, Greek sprawls of urban architecture, miniature labyrinths, huts, caverns, all sorts of different buildings of every shape and size from almost any time period and place that you could name. My god, it's a historian's wet dream. Mm-hmm. And the the tiles are, well, stones of many different colors and patterns that seemingly weave together in a very hypnotic sort of way. And, and interior as- decorate is not me. And as you walk through, begin walking through the city's streets, you see that a whole number of myths are all around you, of all different species imaginable. Some of which you have seen before, some of which you have read about in mythology, and some of which you have absolutely no name for whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Are we kind of like all eyes on us going into this? Or? A little bit. Like, you're attracting a couple of uh, stairs of attention. You see that... I wave it. Mm. I start waving at people. Okay, yeah. At so- and yeah. if anyone gets close to me, I try to shake their hand. Yeah. And then every, and then for one of the donut hands, I get confused and, like, stand there for a couple <laughs> okay. like, at one po- At one point, um, a pair of short, small, brownish haystack-type things walk past you, and they sort of stare up at you for a bit as you extend your hand. They look back down, then they just keep going along their way. In addition, a few pixies dart past you, sort of hover in the air for a bit, then giggle to themselves and uh, flutter away, chat- chattering to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Looking up overhead, you see that a couple of spiders are crawling between rooftops and looking down at you, as well as... Wait, how big are they? Um, Larger than a golden retriever. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. As yeah. long as we're not dealing with a great day. <laughs> you, yeah, you can see that a number of shops and stalls have been set up as well. Like, it looks kind of like a bazaar at some points. And, you know, there are a few people in the shadows or beneath tarps that are smoking long pipes and staring at all of you. Hmm. Does this mean I can smoke? Hmm. I sort of, like, look around curiously to yeah. see if anyone yeah. stops me. Oh, yeah. You could, yeah, there are, you can see that... Uh, also nearby the entrance to a tavern are a couple of satyrs that have a pair of very long-handled wooden pipes, and they're sending plumes of green smoke into the air. Hmm. I very cautiously take a cigarette out of my mouth. Yeah, no one seems to do anything to what stop it. What are they smoking? Hmm. Nothing that I can recognize by smell. Hmm. Oh, I recognize it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you sure that's not just a... Why is getting crossed? I don't know what you mean. Uh, never mind. You, oh, you were probably too young at the time. <laughs> That's Jesus, this is old man <laughs> This is the good shit. Yeah. You um, see, around the 60s, um, <laughs> as you're saying this, you see another figure that's a 10-foot-tall uh, spindly limb thing that seems to have an entire beard covering up its apparently very tiny torso, and it takes a draw from its pipe and releases a blue cloud of what looked like smoke in the shape of tiny sparrows fluttering into the air. Gandalf shit. Mm-hmm. 
So eventually, you make your way towards a building that's down at the very end of this long, winding street. That's another thing. They don't seem to have any real citywide architecture planning set up. It seems to be very much like Wait, mishmashed together. So no named streets? So like London nah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, like the city of London, not London proper. Well, actually, London proper a bit. Um, yeah, kind of like um, a fantasy city if it was designed slightly by Dr. Seuss. So, Like any it, old European walled city. Yeah. Crampy and smells like poop. Because their <laughs> sewer system cannot handle modern technology. <laughs> Admittedly, you do smell a little bit of fecal matter, but there's a lot of other stuff in it as well. Or um, spices and stank. food and... <laughs> a must. To be fair, mm. half of them shit glitter, so like it looks fantastic. Interestingly <laughs> enough, you also so- smell smoke, perfume, all different types of things. Mm. Too many things to name. Uh, but eventually, you uh, head towards the largest out of all these buildings, which is still saying something. And it's set up at the end of the city square with, yeah, there's a small plaza that you enter at one point with a large multicolored fountain in the middle. Going past it, you see that there is a dome-shaped building with a large entrance and a couple of myths standing guard out front. Out of curiosity, are yeah. we being escorted to this, or like we did or did we just kind of walk in and we found the place? Uh, Wait, is High- Hightower still with us? Right? High- yeah, Hightower's okay. leading you guys. We're not like being escorted by Centaur Guard or anything. Uh, like no, but a couple... Yeah, we're, it's totally enough legal for us to be here. Yeah. You guys have been passing guards all on your way through here, and they're kind of, you know, keeping a bit of an eye on you as you pass by, but once you're out of their range, they sort of go about their business and stuff. Right. The guards yeah. We're gonna what? compare bad sizes later. Excuse me. Um, the centaurs have spears, bows, and arrows on their backs as well as nets in draw bags on their sides. As for the other guards of varying races, they have, well, essentially a collection. Some of them have crossbows, some of them have scimitars or spears. What's interesting that you notice is that none of it seems to be at human-level technology, or 21st century technology, anyway. Yeah, no weapons, or no guns, no truncheons, nothing like that. Nah, nothing really. Not Not even a (laughs) flintlock. Damn, not even a wheel lock. (laughs) Yeah, that implies that they need it. (laughs) The human mind is the most powerful weapon in the world, but Adel is only second to gun. (laughs) So, heading inside, you're greeted by a... Dryad in the front lobby, which is nice. a nice sort of... Well, the front lobby is made of stone with all sorts of brightly colored lights that are neither flame nor electronic light. They just seem to be motes essentially suspended in the air. And there is a Dryad with all kinds of auburn highlights throughout her hair in the shapes of maple leaves and such. And after speaking to you for a bit, she leads you to the... T- oh, no, I shake her hand first. Oh, okay. Um, she Hello. stares at it. And then she looks at you and... Oh, Jane... he thinks that you should touch it and shake it. Oh. It's, and a, it's a human thing. Okay. Um, for right. The... Ring All right. tree she, for service. She <laughs> looks at it for a bit, then uh, takes the wrong side of your hand. Like, fi- she grabs it uh, on the reverse side of the palm and then shakes it up and down. Is this sufficient? It'll oh, it's pretty close, yeah. yeah. Very well. This way. And she leads you to the council chambers. So, heading through a large set of wooden double doors, you see a curved U-table with, or a horseshoe-shaped table with five seats set up. Mm. Um, In the middle is what you can only assume to be the Avatar of Balance that was mentioned, Exactrius. He is essentially a nondescript humanoid, almost pearly white in color. He looks as though to be made of living porcelain. Mm. 
sheathed in ropes that blow out all across his body and trail across the floor like an enormous blanket, and his eyes are almost completely obscured. However, what you see beneath seem to be pearly white iridescent globes that seem to glow with an inner light. Oh, yeah. I it's over, not I, it's I, not blinding to look I at. I start walking towards him. Okay. Um, I'm walking around the table clear. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh. Um yeah, so you pass by um on the far right side, you pass by a very large fox with uh, nine wavering tails set out and it turns to watch you. Oh, well, no, no. I, 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 I the first first. I, the first guy I get to is getting a handshake. It okay. is the handshake algorithm. It targets the first handshakeable thing in the room. Okay. Good game. Good um, game. <laughs> The fox looks at you for a moment, cocks its head, then sort of gives out a bit of a yawn and curls up before apparently going to sleep right on its chair. Same. This! So, so it doesn't re- re- shake my hand. Okay. No. okay. No, it didn't just not shake your hand. Yeah. It deliberately not shook your hand. The next one that you go to is a very beautiful dryad uh, seated in the chair. Possibly the tallest one you've seen yet. Uh, she... Tallest dryad or tallest chair? Tallest dryad. <laughs> it's the smallest dryad. Sorry, tallest chair. <laughs> <laughs> that was an actual question. <laughs> you have She's a, a complex. You have an idea that if she were to stand up, she would be well over six feet tall. Uh, she has hair that's patterned in a whole variety of colors with purples and reds and yellows and all different types of blossoms and floral patterns weaved into it, as well as a bit of a harsh face that is definitely movie star quality. As in, this woman would not look out of place on the cover of Vanity Fair. Same. Mm-hmm. And behind her are a pair of dryads that are serving as her attendants, and Jack, you instantly recognize one of them. Hey! Do you actually... For the record, oh. I had a whole plan, and I remembered it after we started. Uh-huh. My plan was to go to the satyr, who was a florist, and yeah. I was going to get a potted plant, one that was not dead, to give to her, but we did not get a chance to do that, because it's been day after day. Um, can, can, so we, I don't can, know. can she retroactively get that? Would you like to? Can I? Have I had Sure, time? why not? Uh, can you make it, I don't know, you could roll for I'll it s- if you feel, un- if you feel. Um, you can roll me a perception check. To see if you can spot a florist on the way there. Oh, wait, I did this on the way? Yeah. Oh, I thought this would be like a a side scene that occurred in the night after. Oh, oh, the day after, okay. Because I met a florist and was like, oh, you're in the town florist. I know you've just gone through an extremely traumatic event, but I need a bouquet. I I really want to get with this chick. No, I'm very specific. A potted plant that's still alive. Because I feel like giving a dryad cut flowers would be really bad. Hey, would you like this human head that I decapitated? Mm-hmm. Here's fingers. No, <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm not going to give you a severed hand. Have this small, artificially grown human instead. It's just a, it's just a fetus. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, not really, because that's just like. No, no, no. It's, no, it, no. it's not the same. It's not no, a. It's like, it's like giving you somebody a puppy. Yeah, actually. I gave her because it's like a dumber version of her that she can take care of. Exactly, I gave like her a dog. <laughs> I like to imagine, again, the same sort of situation where, you know, we roll up in what is effectively the tack van in front of a florist shop, and Jack just gets out and goes, uh, yes, hello, I'd like to buy something. Well, I didn't know I'd be seeing her, so if we're talking about having flowers on me now, oh, okay. that'd be pretty weird. Yeah. I like the idea that you had, like, you bought it the day before, and you've, like, been just holding on to it, because you're going to see her after work. It's just, like, so, no, it's, it's, in, it's in the van. It's in yeah. the van. It's in the van. So. Sure, it's in oh, the van. Oh, jeez, let me go get something. Okay, is it still in the van? Or I mean, 
there would be no reason to take it with you, right? No. Okay, it's in the van. Shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so far did we walk? Um, it was about a seven minute walk. I could run it in two. Be right back. I grab you by the collar. Hold on. So You're not getting so, out of this again, Houston. Jack. <laughs> and so, uh, Hightower. Houston. It's just, um, I left something in the van. Is this an emergency? It's a dick emergency. It's a love emergency. Is this, is this something you want to do or something you have to do? While this exchange is happening, I actually... Uh, so It's going to take him five minutes to uh, shake everyone's hand. I'll take <laughs> Stay here. So, so as this happens, I I walk up to the dragon lady, but like not maliciously or intentionally, I walk past her and go shake her attendant's hand first. <laughs> okay, it's a, because I know the lady. I'm like, oh, and I use like the two hand thing where I like, oh, hello, nice to see you. Okay, again. how are you doing? Wait, you've never, you, met, you've this. never met this person. Wait, really? I, I thought we met all of them. We no, that was Jack's myth. Uh, thing. I ran into her with an ice cream cone. Oh, yeah. I don't do that then. I, for some reason, I thought we had, she was one of the people we saved. Yeah. No. No. Um, alright, so you try- <laughs> I was stalking Jack, and I- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. While you were carrying a drunk black yeah, uh, more right. home, you managed to see Jack. Oh yeah, I think that was the same day. <laughs> so, the other dryad that is unrecognized, you try to shake her hand. hand no, no, I would definitely oh. shake the, the important lady's hand first. Thing, cause okay. Because she was the first one there. Yeah. And the only reason I would not shake her hand is if I knew somebody in- Okay, she regards you coolly, um, looking at your hand- Slowly raising an impeccable eyebrow before looking back up. Oh, I have my hand on my shoulder because yeah. I assume she thinks my hand's dirty. No, it's it's very clean. I just washed it. <laughs> Rubbing it on your shoulder, she, actually rubs off. She bites it. <laughs> she, sa- she says nothing and co- and continues to fix you with a gaze that could form ice cubes in a glass of water. I leave. I, I start sh- showing her how a handshake works with my own two hands, <laughs> like so, like much like. Like this, actually. And then you hear an, ooh! And suddenly, um, one of the dryads hurries out from behind her, comes forward, and begins to shake your hand very enthusiastically. Oh, nice to meet you. What is your name? I am Spring Meadow. What is your name? Uh, my name's Quincy. Quincy! Oh, how charming! Are you a police officer as well? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I am meeting so many wonderful people today. And, oh! Uh, and then, suddenly you hear an, Barely audible, yet it still seems to resonate through the air. And she and she gives you a sheepish smile and a slight chuckle before Ooh, heading back oh, around. Yeah, shuffling back around to behind the chair where she uh, takes up a, you know, uh, position and just uh, tries to be as stoic as possible. I, I, I walk back over to her. You see, like like she did, and then I put my hand down. Okay, you you can do it. I believe. Really, I believe. Hi, Tara, you, you get me in trouble, but not bad. Um, suddenly, <laughs> um, you hear a, um, you suddenly feel a little bit lighter. You look down and you see that there are a number of small plants warming their way up through the gaps of the uh, wooden floorboards beneath you. A b- whole bunch of teeny tiny little sprouts that are lifting you about an inch off the ground, and they start conveyor belt ferrying you over to where the rest of everybody else is standing. I I uh, lean over to Jack and like just basically whispering in his ear, going like, oh, "We have a tough crowd." Uh, all the second magic starts happening, uh, Chip's head is on his gun. <laughs> Whoa, Chip! Okay, no, no, no. Like he's not like it's not like there. holding on. It's it's just nearer. his like. 
He like he does that thing where he like brushes his coat back to check and mm-hmm. just checks his. Yeah. This is here still, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. He like takes the button off the like. Off takes the, the safety off. Easy, Chip. We're here on a diplomatic mission. Remember, so, let's not yeah. do the American thing. And then at this point, a serene voice rings out through the chamber. I do believe that everyone is arrived and accounted for. Correct. At this point, you turn to see that um, the figure in the middle has is the one who has spoken. The porcelain guy? Yes. What was his name again? Exatrius, Avatar of Balance. And uh, now then, would you please step forward and introduce yourselves before the council? <coughs> All right. <laughs> um, oh no! <laughs> I, like, I start moving, but I have my feet are attached. I don't like try to move my way up. You start like... moving, but the conveyor belt's just fast enough that you don't go anywhere. So, um, yeah, James Hightower takes the opportunity. Like he just uh, puts a hand on your shoulder, Jack, and steps forward. <clears throat> Superintendent James Hightower, superior to the officers stationed here. And then he gestures for each of you. I'm to... waving. Okay, <laughs> uh, Detective Jack Houston. Uh... In- Inspector Franklin Blackmore. Hi, I'm Quincy. <laughs> Detective Chip Adams. Mm, I see. Welcome to the council. I am Exatrius, Avatar of Balance. On my right here is Hespero, Captain of the Watch. And at this, the other figure that's to his right is an enormous centaur, maybe ten or so feet tall. I like um, to imagine that it looks like a man sitting, and he just kind of like stands up on his horse. <laughs> He de- actually, you see that he doesn't sit. He's been standing the whole time, but he does have the proportions of the lower body of a horse with a human torso on top, mm-hmm. with the human torso being scaled up to match the width of the horse. So, yeah, thick an, as hell. An incredibly brawny specimen with a healthy crop of curly hair on his bare chest. Is he wearing a horse pants? Uh, no. Where are the pants? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need them. He's a centaur. So his horse stick is just out. <laughs> no, it all it all like just shoots all up inside That's of him. That's true. Yes, this has been your biology fact he's of in, the day. <laughs> he's in public. Yeah, oh, like a I light. guess centaurs could probably control it, although human men can't. He's not. Centaurs a are higher man. beings. So that, that's how you know centaurs are better. <laughs> if, you can, if you can control your boner, you're more evolved. Retractable penis, instant superiority. <laughs> Behold the power of control of doll. <laughs> Right. So yeah, <laughs> he has very long curly hair that's br- tied back in a very tight ponytail, as well as a long bow that would probably take about two or three men to fully draw on his back, a spear at his side, and yeah, a number of other weapons such as javelins and the even a buckler as well. Just all sorts of different pieces of weaponry and warfare implements on his person. And finally... You see that there is a collection of seven dwarves um, on the left-hand side of the table. An, a dwarf that seems as old as time itself is sitting at the di- at the table. He has an enormous beard that is braided up into several tight uh, uh, mustachios on either side of his face. <laughs> he has more than one mustache. Yes, multi-layered mustache, braided like um, mustachios. Yeah. Braided like a European girl's ponytail. It's the plural of mustaches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the seven dwarves I mean, are making the charities. There is one re- red-haired dwarf with a very thick beard standing to his right, and the other five are at an equal generic. distance behind him. Uh, no, they're all generic. Fairly descriptive, but for the sake of c- expediency with the game, there's no need What's to... What's the dis- scale of dwarves in this setting? 
Um, you mean how big they are? Yeah. Four to four and a half feet at the tallest. Just enough so that I can punch some of the taller elves in the dick. Well, you know, so there's some version like the Keebler elf. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a Tolkien elf. Yeah. This is... Or dwarf. This seems Let's to be see. a mix of all types of dwarves. That is, this... The, and the, they are very similar in some ways to Tolkien fantasy-esque dwarves. Some of them are that... black, though, right? The black dwarves? <laughs> you gotta answer this question for real. <laughs> oh no, that definitely silence means Chris is racist. <laughs> sure, <what? laughs> <laughs> sure, okay, there can be... Yes, Yeah, cool! So, Chris, you were t- remember how we were asking about, wondering about why sessions take so long? Yes, John! Yes, I was, I remember asking that. I so, need to know for flavor reasons. Mm-hmm. So you can know where the handshake is. I can do fun. the right handshake with the dwarf! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to hey, meet you. Hey, Obama does it. <laughs> yes. Oh, if Obama Lord. jumped off a bridge, would you, Joey? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, moving oh, on. Oh my God. Follow that band to the end of the earth. Uh-huh. Okay, Biden, settle down. <laughs> so, um, wrong Joe. Anyhow, um, Exatrius continues introducing folks. Mm-hmm. On my left, we have Iris, keeper of the grove. Shinji, our resident sorcerer, and over on my right we have the uh, the elder Seagrin Longthunder. At this point, the old dwarf inclines his head, and the voice for the elder Then Forgehard, the red-headed dwarf, inclines his head at that. Now we had hoped to see you for ourselves, given the matter which occurred recently. We understand that you were involved in the rescue of several myths that had been kept unfairly captive. Wait, I just sort of, like, nod, as in, like, yes, that's correct. Are we sitting now, or do we have to stand in front of these uh, people? Standing. I raise oh. my hand, like, I have a question. At this point, um, the avatar just very slightly inclines his head towards you, as if giving you an indication to speak. Uh, have any of you ever heard of a child with golden eyes? At this point, they look between each other. Uh, if you are referring to a myth, there are many types of myths that essentially do not even know what they are, but eventually discover it later on in their lives. So, um, I yes? Can't, I, can't, I cannot say that this specific myth has been heard of. Are you asking in regards for a friend? Yes. Um, one of the uh, myths we saved was a young boy who is not sure of what his true nature is. He, he appears to be a human, but yes, um, gold-colored eyes, um, and uh, seems to have a bit of a uncontrollable nature. At this point, uh, the kitsune sort of uh, shrugs itself up and gives a loud yawn, which is, you know, a very animal-like stretch. And so, and it looks at you and begins speaking. Whether he reveals himself in time or not is entirely of his concern. The fact of the matter is, magic is unpredictable. He might reveal himself in ten months or ten years. Who knows for sure, really? I, I don't know if he even knows himself. He's but a, he is but a boy. Hmm. And why should we care, exactly? Oh! Oh, I, I was just wondering. I thought you would know things about myths, but if not, I understand. Hmm. 
Well, you just burned the wizard. <laughs> one child is not of our concern. We have many affairs to attend to. Oh, yes, yes, you seem very busy. Mm. Out of character. It's like, yeah, do you have any prophecies you can look over just to double check? Mm. <laughs> well, I say, I, you look very busy to the guy who's clearly like, sleeping. <laughs> like, mm. Yes, I have a very busy schedule. And at this point, he raises a palm, begins to scratch at one side of his face, sleepily. And, so, and at this point, um, let us get back on track. We have... We wish to see you in person to personally thank you for your efforts in preserving the peace between myths and humans alike. Given what you have accomplished recently, we feel that it is wor- absolutely worth our time to see you for ourselves, ascertain your fighting potential and your worth, so to speak. Fighting potential? Well, perhaps I misspoke. Merely, well, just to see you for yourselves. If I may ask, why do you go so far as to protect a kind which is not your own. Well, if I may speak for my uh, comrades here, <clears throat> I think we do consider you our own. You live here now. You're one of us. Uh, yeah, I, the- I, I nod my head and give like a double thumbs up to Jack. Yeah. I know Chip doesn't agree with that, but <laughs> fuck him. Says hand still on his gun. <laughs> Pulls out his gun, shoots like relaxed when it was clear that yeah. the vines weren't doing anything. Yeah. Now it's no longer on the gun, but it's in quick draw position. <laughs> and at this it's point, always in quick draw. His dry arm is stuck that way. At this point, a female voice speaks up for the first time, and as Iris, the dryad, speaks up, her voice is like a rich, polished mahogany. Like, it's the thrum of a cello, basically. <laughs> Just because you say that we are one of yours, or that we are similar does not make it so. You are human. We are myth. Do not disabuse yourself of the notion that we are one and the same. Give me one second. What were you doing? Can we uh, be friends, though? (laughs) 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 And that's true on the other recording. Good night, everybody. Um, At this point, her lip begins to curl ever so slightly as if disgusted by the thought, but um, at this point, the centaur speaks up for the first time. I suppose that remains to be seen, but you have done very well by us, so we we are absolutely willing to express our interest, so to speak. The fact of the matter is, you've done right by us, so... In the future, if you could possibly help us with a few matters here and there, we'd be willing to do right by you. Yes. One good one good favor begets another. Well, with all due respect, while we do appreciate this kind gesture, we are police officers first and foremost. We will take under advisement particular things with myths, as is our job, but we aren't a personal call service. We are police officers. We investigate when necessary. And that is why we have called you here today, because... We feel that sometimes there may occur things here in Mythtown where it may be necessary to draw upon your resources. And at this point, the dryad speaks up once again. Yet, even though you say so doesn't make it true, we might be able to handle these matters on our own. Iris, we shall be... No, no, let's see her handle it! (laughs) She clearly thinks she's better than everyone! This is all out of character, because it's not in an accent. There's uh-huh. no accent. Yeah. That's how you know. Uh-huh. So, and Iris, the Avatar, raises a gentle hand. What she is trying to say is that at this moment, we do have a number of crimes here in Mythtown that have gone unsolved for some period of time. 
And the fact of the matter is, despite our best efforts to look into them, we feel as though a different set of skills may be needed to ascertain the truth behind some of these events. And normally, the inclusion of humans into Myth Town is something that is very carefully supervised, given the unrest and certain feelings of certain individuals towards myths. But given your performances and your and your willing and your willingness to help us in some matters, we feel as though uh, we would be willing to give you a period of time in which you would be able to help us with a few things. And based on how things go, we would def- more, be more than willing to look at possible positive relations between myths and humans going forward. So you're giving us a performance review of matters. I, 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 the positive sense. relations between myths and humans? I wink at Spring Meadow. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, she grins and gives you a thumbs up. A fucking, like, goddamn full bush rose punches you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Your face is covered in poison ivy. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, like, Start up. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sandpaper just rubbing all over yeah. your face. Alright, then Blackmore pulls out like his little detective notepad and like pen and says, So, what is the issue? Okay. And and then at this point, the the redheaded door speaks up. We've got a problem that you can assist us with. And at this point the other members of the council uh, We need more gold! <laughs> Fen, Fen perhaps? Yep. Um, so, listen here! Ah, um, no, no, listen, you've all had your say. Alright, the dwarves, we got a problem that needs to be solved first. Alright! Dragons! They threw all the gold! Alright, uh, you there. Um, and at this point the red-headed one points at you. Uh, what you say your name was? Blackmore. Alright, Blackmore. Alright. Here's what's been going on. We've been lo- missing a couple of shipments of of zirconium from the mines. <laughs> mines? Aye! Oh, the mines! Have you not seen our mines? Uh, no. Ah, di- uh, great Thor Almighty! Have, they- have you not shown the proper tour of the city? And so, we have just introduced them to Nithdown. Ah, oh, excuses, excuses! Listen! Uh, can we call this meeting in January? We got some problems that need solving, and we could use these cops to solve it. I like the dwarves. I like these guys. <laughs> They're go-getters. <laughs> They're a loose cannon if they get results. <laughs> and at this point, the other myths begin to speak up. That is, the centaur and the dryad, with the kitsune continuing to try and sleep in his chair. Then the avatar uh, raises his hand, and there's just a clear note like a bell that rings through the air that causes everyone to fall silent for a bit, and if I may... Go ahead! Let us begin with this problem first and foremost. We shall deal with the issues of the dwarves, then if any other problems arise, we will be able to address them as need be. So, with that, I believe we will call this meeting adjourned. Mythos unit, I believe you're called? I, for one, sincerely hope for nothing but the best. Thank you, sir. I walk up to a... After individually, like, plucking off each, like, branch without trying to break any yeah, of them, they, um, I, start, I start trying to walk towards them. Yeah, that's fine. They, As soon as they carried you back over, they let you go and sunk back into the floor. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he, you go up to him and you it's say, Pleasure to work with you. He looks, he cocks his head slightly to, towards it, then smiles and shakes it as well. Nice! Yeah, and... Power respect! He's very, <laughs> wow, it's very cool to the touch. Not quite marble, not quite... It's like... Shaking hands with solid smoke or something. It's cool. Solid smoke, okay. Yeah. That's a sick band name. <laughs> solid smoke. Mm-hmm. No, wait, I take it back. It's a sick 80s cop name. <laughs> like, like the name of the show. Oh, yeah. okay. 
Detective right. smoke. Solid smoke. And at this point, the dwarf... All right, this way to the mines. So, first off, um, what do you know about Zeronium? Let me roll my two mind. Go ahead. They make rings out of it, don't they? Nah, you're thinking of something else. Uh, sounds like some sort of mineral? Nah. Yes or no? It's a new element that was introduced to this dimension when uh, the myths first came over. It's crystallized magic, more or less. And it's been appearing in veins all over the planet. And at this point, all of the dwarves are following behind. Um, I imagine they're all like in a perfect like formation. No, no, they're um, they're essentially yeah, they're not in perfect formation, but they're following along behind. And it's, can they still go, keep going? No, they're singing songs in Dwarvish. We don't know this, but they're all about killing humans. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Okay. But no, they're about killing humans. narrating. Alright, so basically what's been going on is Zeronium's been disappearing from the mines. We've been mining it out. We've actually been selling it to your uh, British government. They've been using it for them little uh, capture ball thingies you've been using for myths. Ah, yes, the uh, dream catchers, I think we call them. Ah, that's the name you gave them. Ah, fucking weird that is. What did you call them? Ah, well, Wimbly Wobbles! <laughs> <laughs> we didn't make them, we just supplied them with the Zeronium. They made them themselves. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> as for what's been going on, there's been something wrong with a few of the shipments recently. We've been trying to look into it, but, well, we've been checking the ledgers, and every so often it seems that a crate or so of Zeronium's been going missing. Do you have any security features at the mine? Guards, anything like that, that could oh, see yeah. what happened? Oh, right, we got guards and everything, but none of them have been seeing anything. And security as, cameras. as he's leading you outside, suddenly one of the centaurs bursts in through the front entrance of the meeting hall. And councilman, and what's the matter? There's been a there's been a death in the city. <laughs> At this point, the avatar fully rises from the chair for the first time as all of the other count, council members begin to look amongst themselves, save of course the kitsune. Mm. Very well, lead us. As a mob, let's go. Okay. <laughs> mob, justice, mob, justice. All right, so the centaur leads all of you guys uh, through the city streets, and by this point, a small crowd has formed out back of what appears to be a tavern, and you can see a body propped up against the wall, slouching in place. Um, judging by the appearance, it seems it's humanoid-esque in shape, but with a bit of a thinner face, simple clothing, uh, tunic breeches, stuff like that, and a pair of long, pointy ears, as well as silken blonde hair. Uh, I'm gonna roll Tremor Sense to see if I can notice anyone running away from the scene. Uh, I got three fives and two twos. Nope. Okay. And Nothing. I'm gonna roll, uh, Knowledge, um, uh, Sure, go ahead. Let's see what that is! Probably an elf. Two eights! It's, yeah, it's an elf. Alright. Uh, one of, the, essentially one of the fair folk, a member of the Fae, so to speak. Uh, rooted in all types of European myths, and... This one, sitting against the wall with its eyes still wide open, is very, very dead. Also evident... How dead? Um, well, if the dried blood running down from his mouth and staining the front of his shirt is any indication, pretty dead looking. Like he vomited blood out onto his chest? Yeah. Okay. All right. And he's sitting on the road and it took this not the No, not the road. He's out back behind a tavern. Yeah. Oh, I see. Like an yeah, alley. Yeah, just propped up against the wall. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like... Slouched in place. Does it Head look like it has forward. any sort of obvious wounds on him? Apart from the mm. blood, mouth blood? Yeah. 
Um, there is also, yeah, a ring of blood around his nostrils as well, but... So it's just coming out of all, all the whole face holes. Hmm. Yeah, Let's or check those other holes the nose over. and the mouth. Oh, not the right. ears? No, not the ears or the eyes or anything else. Respiratory system. Yeah. Uh, there's a crowd been gathering. Yeah, the... there's, a, there's a good collection of myths that have been, yeah, looking at everything. All right. I'll survey the crowd, see if anybody sees anyone or knows the victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I'm done with that, I'll take a look around and see if I can sense anything with the old, uh... Mm-hmm. Um, the old... Yeah. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, so, yeah, I will basically, you know, I'll do the police thing. Everyone step back. This is official police business. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, right. I'll just, like, like gently, like... Oh, you can just move back a little bit there. Okay, a few of the myths I like go your back. hat. <laughs> Shove. Mm-hmm. No, if you like, I do start doing like kind of just kind of like move people. Like if they start moving towards me, I just kind of like turn them around, just keep moving them, okay, keep moving yeah. them. All right. Um, them. One minute you turn around, but there's a face on the back of its head. So oh, hello, and I turn around again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. Then it's its original face. Oh, hello. Turn around again. <laughs> oh no, he's in a loop. He's in a loop. <laughs> Somebody in control C on his back of the back. Uh huh. One person to control the crowd, another person to control Quincy. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I do it like three times before I know it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And I just kind of like put my arm over his shoulder and start walking him away. So um, he shrugs you off and just kind of storms away with uh, the face on the back of his head giving you a sour look. I want to look at the dead body! <laughs> Everyone doesn't know whether I'm coming or going. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, eventually, yeah, you guys are able to form a perimeter and such. All right. And now it's up to you to investigate the crime scene. All right. Detective, what what are the... Activate. What's the city guard doing? City guard is also trying to form a perimeter as well. Basically, there are... Yeah, there's a centaur there, as well as a couple of dwarves, and... Uh, yeah, what appears to be this fish-like creature that you can assume is a kappa from the description. Hmm. Uh, I asked from the centaur goes, do you have an in-house investigation unit? We do have some of the guards. They go around, they ask questions, they try to figure things out. Hmm. Right, then. It looks like this is a time for science. <laughs> yes! Kind <laughs> yeah, of show all those idiot magic users who's boss. <laughs> right, uh, do we have your, your go-ahead to call in more people? Mm-hmm. Call in humans. Uh, yeah, we, we need a... a forensics team. We need a forensics team. I have a small amount of forensic knowledge. Okay. Yeah, but we're still going to need to yeah, yeah. tag and bag the body, yeah. mark up the scene, take photographs. At this, point, Autopsy. At this point, the dryad speaks up. Uh, Iris, the one from the castle. No. So, I thought you would be sufficient, and now you wish to bring more humans. The reason we're successful is because we have a system, madam. And that system involves surveying the scene, taking photographs, checking out the body, so that we can get every possible clue to solve this murder, presumably, or this death. Unless you have some magic, do you, do you have murder magic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, um, shit, that might actually be the case. So, roll me, uh, Jack, a diplomacy check with minus one dice from the pool for Quincy's back talking. God damn it, Quincy! Quincy, you piece of shit. Luckily, I have eight guys, so it's still seven. You can't be mad at me. I'm a, just a nice old man. <laughs> <laughs> I can be mad at you all I want. Two eights. Okay. Um, she regards you for a moment, th- blinking slowly, then very well. I will say this team will only be here for an hour, maybe, and then they will clear out, and the scene will be cleared and open to the public again. If it is sufficient to solve the crime that has been committed here, then that will do. All right. 
So I make the call. Okay. So, um, alright, then you guys have a bit of time. What's up, John? I got two sevens on the forensics check. Alright, so you take a look. There... Hmm. Alright, this is interesting. You take a look. There seem to be abrasions on his throat, as well as scrapes along his chest, and blood and skin underneath his fingernails. Uh, It seems as though he was clutching and clawing at his own body before whatever this was set in. Alright. So it's possible that there was something... An Someone on the inside. Yeah. Alright, let's give it a look, and I'm going to use uh, Empathic Sense, so just two hard dice. Alright, um, yeah, whatever this was, it seems to have occurred a little while ago, but you can sense tinges of pain, agonizing pain, and panic and terror that seem to come from him. So they saw it coming. Yeah, whatever it was, this did not happen slowly. Are there any object, uh, emotionally charged objects around? Um... Yeah, you can sense... Wow, it's... Yeah. Um, come to think of it, you, you have magic sense, right, John? No, or, no I am literally doing old-fashioned forensic. Old-fashioned, old-fashioned, yeah. okay. The most old-fashioned. That is when you... Yeah, so as you're going through his pockets, at about the same time, you sense a slight charge on a bit of emotion coming from one of his pockets. You both reach towards it simultaneously, and you pull out a small uh, little cloth bag of some type. You open it up, and inside is a very fine blue powder. Oh no! Elf cocaine. Oh no! It's Elf Walter White. Now, if you're gonna go real classic, you sniff it. No. Do some of that. All right. Uh, Do so some of that I'm good going blue to blow. use my empathic recall. Trip nines. All right. Um, you sense essentially gluttony on this, or that's the closest you can put it. Essentially, when somebody wants to indulge in something. Oh. So it's drugs. Yes. This is most certainly not up to snuff. Hmm. It is snuff? <laughs> Actually, ask one of the centaurs. Do you know this? Is this a street drug? Hmm. Or like... I'll, uh... Yeah, so I, I go to one of the centaurs and be okay. like, We found this in his pocket. And it, at this point, he takes he holds it up, takes a look, and then... Um, you can see his large teeth bared in a visible grimace. Mm-hmm. Trance. And he heads over to the guard captain, they speak for a bit, and they pass the bag between themselves for a bit, um, muttering dark phrases to each other underneath their breaths. Then, uh, this is something else that's been going around Myth Town for a few weeks now. We call it Trance. It's apparently a very strong drug of some type that doesn't work on humans, apparently. It only has effects on myths. But apparently when you use it, it induces all kinds of magical euphoria... And visions. And is this what an overdose looks like? Sorry, could you repeat that? Is this what an overdose looks like? Sorry, I have an accent. <laughs> I wouldn't say this is the first time this has happened. Hmm. Interesting. Tainted drugs, maybe? Mm-hmm. Too much. Well, we need to do a fingernail scraping to see if that's uh, if those are. Well, we need to test if it's even in his system. He could have just been carrying. It. Yeah. Mm. We'll need to do an autopsy of some sort. Hmm. Do autopsy? Do we have autopsy records for elves? Can we do elf toxicology? <laughs> yeah, well, this myth stuff—it's uh, new and exciting territory. Well, so they're they're humanoid. Yes, very um, humanoid. Very human. How? <laughs> well, the the main problem is figuring out what. Well, what we all we need to do is like get a trace amount of the the, the substance and then figure out if that is if it's present. present it is, yeah. Blood? I, right. think, I think elves probably have blood. I'm going yeah, to, yeah I'm it's all over. His, it's all over his chest. Remember? Yeah, I 
think we could probably make and that assumption. There's some more blood in there. And <laughs> the yeah, the dried blood also looks identical to human blood. So mm. yeah, so we could probably I mean, the, assume... the real thing is figuring out how to separate it out. Yeah, because normally, Joey, but... you're a criminal. There's how do people normally find drugs in people's bodies? Like they would just analyze the blood or um... urine. Yeah, you can check. There's lots of places it shows up. It, it even shows up in hair sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a look around like, the surrounding area uh, with scrutiny to see if there's anything else that I can sort of, like, pick up. Sure, go ahead. Uh, two nines. All right. Uh, two nines. You take a look around. You only see, really, the foot... The footprints, but, you know, a lot of footprints that are sort of mixed in together. You do see a pair that's been recently made, but after taking a look at the elf's shoes, you realize that it belonged to him. Hmm. Is the trail followable? Uh, not really. It sort of goes back on the main street. Wait, the elf's shoes go back on the main street? Yeah, like, it seems as though he wandered here from main street. Oh, came from main street. That's right. Uh, okay, I start looking around. Uh, do we, like... Do they start going erratically? Like, does it look like he starts stumbling around before he fell over? Or is it more like there's a sudden jump and then he's over by the wall? Well, is there uh, blood on the ground? Because if he vomited and then collapsed, it would be different than if he collapsed and then vomited. Yes. Yeah, it looks as though there are drops of blood scattered on the ground um, near him as well. Alright. So it looks like he came into this alleyway, something happened to make him start coughing up blood, and that's how he ended up over there. So and there was no sign of a struggle on his hands, right? N- aside from no, defen- no defensive pop- wounds. Or aside anything? from what he most likely inflicted on himself, no. Okay. So just stuff like scraping knuckles from falling over, and yeah, clawing at his own body and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, where's he clawing at? His throat. His throat. Yeah. His Those... throat and his chest. Yeah. So telltale signs of suffocation. It looks like. So well, or poisoning because he vomited blood. Mm. Definitely something in the cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do elves breathe through their lungs? Do elves have lungs? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I asked someone in the car, do elves have lungs? Uh, Quincy, so, Quincy, uh, I look at the blood spatter. Does it look like it's exasperated? Does it have dark uh, dark red circle on the outside and sort of light on the inside? Um, sorry, can you repeat that? If, if you breathe it out, then, it, then, then the blood would dry in a specific pattern. Yeah, um, yeah it looked like... It, it looked like he was basically coughing the stuff up. Yeah, it's uh, exasperation. So I think we can assume yes. How much does it hurt you that we have someone who actually did criminology? <laughs> no, it's actually quite interesting. Yeah. You're going to put right here, but what you do when you find a dead body? Ooh! Ooh. Neato. Like how- Field manual for the recovery of recent human skeletons. All right, well, this game's over. Now we get the audiobook portion of the I podcast. Love that it, I love that it's just like, found! Human <laughs> remains! Found! I mean, you gotta pop, right? You gotta have a poppy title. All right. Yep. Is there any... All right, so before the rest of the crime scene gang shows up, is there anything else that we want to do now? Uh, this book. <laughs> like the more we look at this, the more this looks. Like he actually murder. pulls out that the book that Megan's currently reading, and it's like leaping through, like out of sight, through a dead body. Blackmore is like, where did you get that? Oh, uh, I bought it on the internet. <laughs> Some handy stuff in here. It's very do, 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 do. Yes, hello, child services. <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny cartoon of someone talking to a Mountie holding a skull, and he's like, "You mean I can't keep it?" <laughs> <laughs> Canadian jokes. Uh huh. So, yeah, as all of you guys are talking at this point, uh, the dwarf you were speaking to earlier, Then, uh, comes forward and, uh, look, I know that we were talking about that 
uh, thing going missing, but obviously, like this, it takes priority. I, I understand if you need to look into this and all. Thank well, you. Well, um, it's a possibility that we might be able to do both. The uh, investigation's still ongoing, but we'll keep you posted. This is. Mm. This looks like we're like we've got as much from this scene as we can. Um, we can hand it off to the forensic professionals. Yeah, to the forensic team coming in can probably handle the rest, and we'll get back to work on it once we have more information. Oh shit! And we should probably ask if elves have any like specific burial rites. Like, do they need to be buried whole or anything like that? <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the other. I was about to say uh, we should probably. The next step would be to find out who this is. I'm assuming he doesn't have any ID on him. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Anything in his pockets? Um, a combination of both gold coins and British money. Hmm. So, pounds. Pounds and pounds. Yeah. Hey! So, so he clearly was someone who would leave Midtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, he has, if he has normal... If he has normal British currency. Regular people money. How much regular people money does he have on it? Uh, actually, a... Mm, yeah, it looks... He doesn't have too much. Um, it seems the but you notice that he doesn't have any small change. He's got maybe uh, ten pounds on him. Even. I wonder if he's if the drugs are coming from outside of Mythtown, and so they'd have to have British money in order to buy drugs. I was actually yeah, I was gonna yeah. say is he, he and might... then they, he wouldn't have any change because a drug dealer's not gonna be like that'll be twenty two fifty plus tip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. hmm, possibly. The you don't tip your drug dealers <laughs> <laughs> only if they deliver. <laughs> Not that I would know, I never bought drugs. Cough! Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right, so, um, I think the, uh, the local guard would have a better chance canvassing the area to try and ID our, uh, mm. body here, and the, um, uh, other, so we could take a look at the, uh, at the mines while we're waiting for someone, uh, waiting for either coroner's information or uh, the city or guard. Po- or a positive ID. Or a okay. positive ID. Are you going to speak to anybody to ask them to ID the body? Um, I think we're handing that off to the local guard. Yeah. yeah. Better yeah. handle. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll mention that. So like, we go canvas to... the neighborhood and see if you can't get somebody who knows who this yeah. is. I mean, no one's going to talk to us, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Is it's and better to get one of the centaurs to do it. Yeah. And at the captain of the watch, Hespero, uh, trots forward and folds his brawny uh, arms across his chest. We'll look into it as best we can. If there is anyone who knows this individual, we'll make sure that they know about what's been going on before the end of the day. And uh, we'll leave them like a number and stuff to contact us with when they find that. Okay, uh, you give them a slip of paper and what do these symbols mean? Oh, alright. Uh... Do you have telephones? How do you contact people when they aren't directly next to you? Mm. We send a bird with a message. Right. Right. Can you send us a bird if you find out who this person is? It shall be done. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) We're going to be in the mind that a bird comes down and dies, and we're like, oh no, get out! (laughs) One of us needs like fucking falconer's glove to receive it. It runs into some idiot's drone and just like, oh no! No, it flies out over like the countryside, and some rich idiot with a shotgun goes, "Ooh, pheasant!" Mm. I don't think they use birds that big. <laughs> that seems excessive. Right. So is so, British hunting. <laughs> but I bet they've recruited all those local pigeons. <laughs> all right. 
So we, uh, yeah, we'll leave that task for the guards, and then we will head over to the mines. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.